Welcome to Make No Bones. I'm Toby Altman. And I'm Emily Barton Altman. Make No Bones is a podcast about poetry and the creative life. Each episode, we ask a poet to read a poem and talk about it. They tell us how they wrote it and explain how it reflects the broader priorities of their work. This week's episode features Alison Patey. I'm Alison Patey. Alison Patey's poems can be found in Boston Review, The Brooklyn Rail, Jubilat, Kenyon Review Online, The Literary Review, Tin House, The Pen Poetry Series, and elsewhere. She is a 2017 NYSCA-NYFA Artist Fellow in Poetry and a participant in the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's 2017-2018 Workspace Program. With Nora Mackey, she is co-founding editor of Zinging Saw Press. She read her poem, Promenade for Us. We talked about walking, dancing, mapping, and the politics of writing from your own experience. I've always loved reading and I've always loved moving. Like, those are probably the two things that I think are best about being a human, like being able to read and being able to, like, be embodied. Like, the main reason I would say I didn't pursue dance is I'm just, like, not that technically good. Um, But I love choreography because I love thinking about... um, bodies in spaces and through all that time I was always writing and primarily like reading and I do think there was this like moment for me in high school where I had a teacher who introduced me to um Gertrude Stein and it was just like what the fuck this is amazing <laughs> like I felt like so excited it seemed like by far the most urgent thing that was happening in my life and when you're like 17 there are a lot of things that seem very urgent so I just like really wanted to I don't know, follow us and read as much as as possible. Um, and then when I did, I had been writing somewhat, but then when I did stop um, dancing, it seemed like a, a, a place in which the things that seemed, I don't know, just like most urgent and exciting in the world, even though ob- like are, there are all the obvious reasons why you could say like, this is not the, the most pressing thing, but that, that is probably the one reason. Like it just felt incredibly pressing to me as I continued to to read and wanted to like enter this conversation in some way with um, people whose works I've been reading. The first way that I think I really started writing discrete poems was like as I walked places I would like draft in my head which I think a lot of people do. When I stopped dancing and choreographing um writing really became a place for me to to track movement in in spaces and um given that I live in New York and from there that's often like what I'm thinking about as I'm thinking about myself I have this kind of um map of the city spreading out and I like to kind of think about the different forces that create momentum in a city when I think about my, my memories from like childhood and beyond, all the strongest ones are just kind of like um, what you might call like liminal moments, like going from one place to another. Like I, I just remember like all these like walks and, and routes. One thing I like a lot about New York and about writing about New York, because I do, I write, you know, often my poems have a, a first person like subjectivity, but... Uh, and that relationship to place, but perhaps this is true of any place, but New York particularly, I really think you're aware of not being able to claim ownership of it because there is no definitive New York. Like, not only is it um, 
a large city with lots of separate enclaves where um, you know no one could really claim to be involved in a meaningful or even superficial way with more than a few. But even those that you do feel connected to are changed often it feels like destroyed but um you realize that it's it's you know continuous again like forces of things moving through the city um especially like various nexuses of of power and and money you see shape the city and tear it down in different ways I think for better or worse, poetry is the, has become the place in which I, um, I don't know, think about the things that are bothering me. I have um, a full-time, fairly demanding 40-plus hour-a-week job, and the way that structures your, I mean, I don't want to be dramatic because... Um, you know, it's fortunate to be gainfully employed, but I do feel it has an extremely um, dulling kind of pull to your time and your hours and structure your your days the way that you spend your hours. And I find that has a very dangerous pull on your mind and the way you're thinking about yourself in relationship to the world. So for a couple years, my first few years at that job, um, I, I felt that writing or being an artist, which is always a, a complicated question, um, was one way to like necessarily like kick against that pull, that hourly wage earning <laughs> pull. Making art using language is, um, I don't know, like it, inherently pushing against the kind of like endless um I don't even know what the exact word I want is I want to say utility but I don't want to make that um very strong binary between like work as being use because so much of um work especially administrative work it seems terribly arbitrary and and futile um or that art or poetry is like non-use but there is um you know a way of attending to language that to me seems antithetical to the kind of labor that's required of you um and and daily work one thing that has always interested me is the idea of language as this like malleable, constantly changing, but always inherited structure uh, that comes through our our history. So using it for me is this this point where the individual like meets a shared history and and because we do have, you know, many languages, it's very it's a very particular history, thinking about like how, where you were born and raised, um, and when affects, uh, the, the particular language in which, um, you're doing your work. When I'm thinking about an idea, often the place that I start is with my own experience, which seems, um, often seems arrogant or represents a kind of uh, 
poetics and politics that I don't get behind, but it also comes from a place of, um, like, what do I have the right to speak to? If I want to think about something, the things that I reach for often tend to be the most, the ones that are most domestic and close to me. Um, and that is probably the ethical question I, I think about most because there are so many other ways to approach it. You know, you can approach it through others, others' work, through research, through um, like events, like shared, I guess what we call current events, or, you know, this kind of shared world that doesn't always have such an immediate relationship to your own, to autobiography. But for me, um, I don't know, it, it is tied to a question of like domesticity or like what is my realm I think this this was this poem I wrote really quickly, which is rare for me. Like uh, usually, I write very kind of um, line by line, thought by thought, and not necessarily linearly. But I tend to um, I rarely find the whole shape of a poem from like when the first time I sit down to draft it. That shape usually comes together through like many iterations and a lot of like erasing. This poem I, I revised quite a bit, but um, it came together all at once. And I think um, a lot of it really is experiential. It was like a, kind of an early day in um, spring. And I was feeling that kind of like, um, you know, when you like first feel the w warmth of the sun after winter and it has that like extreme ease I was trying to get I think there's like a certain music to that that I was trying to get that like extreme um kind of like softness and relaxing into the the day against um this very aggressive um architecture and um aggressive also feeling of as you relax into that ease still like um I don't know wanting these like forces of of um money and desire like propelling you through um, that softness. I think I was having a conversation with a friend where we were associating this like early springtime like with like sometimes you just get flooded with a feeling like oh I want to shop which is weird because I actually I hate shopping. I There's almost no activity that I like less um, but sometimes often like in these early springs, it's just like the feel, and it's almost like an enjoyable feeling of like wanting, not even particular material things, but like wanting to go get them, even though I know if I like fulfilled this desire, which seems out of nowhere, but is also kind of like scored and mandated by almost everything in this like hyper-capitalist city. Um, and like gross kind of pleasure of like being with that like sudden instinct to get something this is promenade it is spring why not place your hands on your sun-warmed hair a swell of ease you can ride and crossing your path 
is a woman in low-slung mules. You want what she has, easy limbs and deft gait, but don't you already have this, the wash of grasping, a go-to trick light? In the distance, the latest new tower, O oh God, to see your giant hand rip the sky and work the glass, the owners at climax ejected up to the clouds, the sun on your chest and the sudden urge to shop, spilt rice in the gutter, you think at first bird guts, the early day angled down in lavish display. This episode of Make No Bones was produced and edited by Toby and Emily Altman in Iowa City. The music for this episode is by Toby Altman. If you like what we do, check out all our old episodes on our website, makenobonespodcast.org, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please consider rating us on iTunes. It really helps get the word out.